0: Evidence and Answers. Much is said about the ancient religion of Buddhism. Many members of our society are outspoken Buddhists. But how much do we really know about this Eastern religion? Are there any parallels between Christianity and Buddhism? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's episode of Evidence and Answers, Pat will be discussing Buddhism in a message entitled, The Lotus and the Cross. With Bart one of
1: this study, here's our host, Pat Zukran. I am the Executive Director of the Ministry of Evidence and Answers, the Christian research and teaching ministry, we focus on Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith, we present the compelling evidence for Christ throughout the world and bring a defense of the gospel throughout the world. Our radio show continues to grow, so now we are on twice a day in Hawaii on the number one Christian talk radio show and in the Philippines which airs throughout Southeast Asia on the number one talk show there in Manila, reaching an audience of potentially over 30 million there in Manila. So I want to thank many of you who are partners with us in the Ministry of Evidence and Answers, bringing the compelling message of Christ throughout the world. Having grown up in a Japanese family, of course I was raised in the Japanese Buddhist tradition. It's very strong in the Zikaran clan. Several of our uncles have served as presidents of the Hawaii Buddhist association. So being back home in Hawaii I've had many discussions with family and friends about Christianity and Buddhism. And one of the most memorable discussions I have had came on an airplane flight on my way to teaching in Nepal. As many of you know, Nepal is the home of Buddhism. That's where Buddha was born. And on the flight there I was sitting in a whole section of Buddhist monks going to Nepal. And I didn't realize that they spoke English, but they actually struck up a conversation with me and next to me actually was the head guy of the second largest monastery there in Nepal. And we began a great and enjoyable, one of the most memorable dialogues I've ever had. And I want to invite you into that dialogue and the things that we talked about. And I hope it provides you some insights you can use as you share your faith with your buddhist friends and family members now as we were talking he was surprised at how much i knew about buddhism in fact i actually had a buddhist book i was reading and he asked me are you buddhist i said well i've studied both men i've come to admire both men as wonderful teachers and i said you know but i am now a follower of jesus christ and he was kind of surprised he said well i believe that both men teach the same thing just in different ways and in a different cultural context but in essence they're teaching the same thing and i said well when you study both men you're going to realize they live very different lives and their teachings are diametrically opposed to one another they teach very different things and he said well what do you mean i said well let's start from the very beginning first with the concept of god in buddhism god is irrelevant or non-existent you look at many of the buddhist systems They're atheists when it comes to that particular world view. Or he's irrelevant to the system. In Christianity, Jesus taught God was central to everything. God is the creator of the universe and all that happens in the life of Christ is designed to restore our relationship with God and to bring us into a personal relationship with him. But in Buddhism, God is irrelevant or non-existent. Okay, now, that may surprise many of you, but here's what some of the top Buddhist scholars say. The Dalai Lama, perhaps the second most recognized spiritual figure in the world, says this, the entire Buddhist worldview is based on a philosophical standpoint in which the central thought is the principle of interdependence, how all things and events come into being purely as a result of interactions between causes and conditions. Within that philosophical worldview, it is almost impossible have any room for an atemporal eternal absolute truth nor is it possible to accommodate the concept of a divine creation. Masao Abe, one of the leaders of Japanese Buddhism teaches this. He says, Buddhism has no need of a notion of one God because the fundamental principle of Buddhism is dependent origination. This notion indicates that everything in and out of the universe is interdependent and co-arising and co-ceasing. The universe is not the creation of one God, but fundamentally is a network of causal relationships among innumerable things which are co-arising and co-ceasing. Okay, so in the Buddhist system, God doesn't fit in the Buddhist system, so he's irrelevant. It's all about the individual attaining their enlightenment unto nirvana. Francis Xavier, the first Western missionary to Japan, noticed that in his study of the Japanese Buddhist religion. He said this, he said, The Japanese doctrines teach absolutely nothing concerning the creation of the world, of the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens, the earth, sea, and the rest, and do not believe that they have any origin but themselves. The people were greatly astonished on hearing it said that there is one sole author and common father of souls, by whom they were created this astonishment was caused by the fact that in their religious traditions there is nowhere any mention of a creator of the universe. And here is one of the great voids in the Buddhist religion. There is an absence of a relationship with the creator of the universe and therefore the answers to the origins of the universe and why the universe is here and why we exist remain unanswered in Buddhism. However, central to the teachings of Jesus Christ is our relationship with God, the creator of all things. Jesus stated in John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life that they may know you in a personal way, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So that's one of the great voids in Buddhism. It provides no relationship with a creator nor does it teach anything about a creator or the origins of why we exist and why the universe is here. Next, if you look at the claims of each person they're very different. Buddha claimed to be an enlightened one who could show you the way. Jesus Christ claimed to be God incarnate and the very way to eternal life. The very source of truth and the very source of life. John 1.1 states, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ claimed to be God incarnate, God in the flesh. The God of the universe didn't say, whoa, you guys got a problem. I hope you can figure it out. He said, I'm going to enter into your world and suffer alongside you and provide you a way to eternal life. Well, man's problem Buddha said it was ignorance of true reality. That's the problem. The physical world and your individuality is all an illusion. It's a mirage. It's not real. And behind this physical world is the void, the nothing. Our problem is we're unenlightened. We think this world is real and we get attached to things of this world, people, experiences, things, We have desires, we have hopes, we have dreams, we have relationships. All those are an illusion which lead to false desires and false hopes. Jesus said this world is indeed real. And in fact it's preparation for an even more real world that is to come, the eternal world. And our problem is sin and separation from God. Romans 3 23 says for all have sinned and fall short of God's perfect standard and sin separates us from God our problem is separation from our Creator the solution Buddha said is enlightenment to true reality you think this physical world is real you think your individuality and the individuality of others is real so you become attached to things of this world which is impermanent and an illusion. It's like falling in love with a mirage and behind this illusion is the void. Therefore, once we understand this world is an illusion, everything is impermanent, we'll learn not to be attached to anything. All attachments to this world, all desires must be overcome and we must detach from the world and all things of the world and we enter into a state of enlightenment, okay, or nirvana, non-existence. The Four Noble Truths are the essence of Buddha's teachings and they describe how to remove all desire and attachments from this world. Buddha taught this, there exists pain and suffering in the world. Pain and suffering are universal and omnipotent forces in all of nature. To exist, to have any kind of conscious existence, means you're going to experience pain and suffering. And the more you get attached to things of this world, as long as you remain attached to things of this world, you're going to come back in a continual rebirth cycle and experience pain and suffering over and over and over again. Why do you want to keep doing that? The goal then is to detach from the world, release attachment to all things, and all desire, and you enter into a state of nirvana or the extinguishing of all things. Buddha said this, now this monks is the noble truth of pain. Birth is painful, old age is painful, sickness is painful, death is painful, sorrow, lamentation, dejection and despair are painful. Contact with unpleasant things is painful. Not getting what you wish is painful. Pain and suffering is a universal truth every conscious being will experience. Now what is the root of suffering? It's desire or attachment to things of this illusionary world. We let ourselves get attached to the mirage of this world, to relationships, to people, to experiences, to hopes, to desires. They're all a mirage, and they lead to pain and suffering. The solution? True enlightenment. To understand this world is a mirage and illusion, and to detach from everything in this world and suffering will cease when all desires and attachments to this world cease. That's why the true Buddhist lives as a solitary monk. The true Buddhist all they own is their orange robe and a begging bowl. They don't marry they live a solitary life detachment from the world and you extinguish all desires by following the Eightfold Path. Now, I have a short clip here from the movie Star Wars. Now, George Lucas, the brilliant mind behind Star Wars, is a Buddhist. Star Wars, if you read his story, is his spiritual journey to enlightenment as a Buddhist. And Buddhist themes are replete throughout Star Wars. Now, in this particular scene, in Star Wars, the Jedi represent the ideal Buddhist they do not marry they have no attachment to this world they just go around rebalancing the force in the universe All right? now they represent the ideal monk they, they're not attached to anything in the universe now in this particular clip Anakin Skywalker before he becomes Darth Vader is secretly married to his wife Padme and has visions of her pain and suffering All right? he goes to the great Jedi Master Yoda with these visions of pain and suffering to receive advice from yoda as to how to deal with this and so let's take a look briefly at what yoda says how to deal with pain and suffering
0: premonitions premonitions Hmm. these
1: visions you have There of pain, suffering, death. Yourself
0: you speak of, or someone you know? Someone. Close to you? Yes. Careful you must be when sensing the future, Anakin. The fear of loss is a path to the dark side. I won't let these visions come true, Master Yoda. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them do not, miss them do not. Attachment leads to jealousy. The shadow of greed, that is. What must I do, Master Yoda?
1: Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. In that brief clip, what was the answer to pain and suffering? He said, beware of attachment. They're sourced in greed, they only lead to the dark side. So he said, what must I do? He said, learn to let go of everything you fear to lose, all right? Detach from all things of this illusionary world. Well, that's Buddhism, Okay, That's classic Buddhism there. What is the answer to pain and suffering? Buddha's main quest is to detach from everything of this world. Relationships, desires, material things to detach from all of that. What did Christ say? Well, Christ said your main problem is sin, separation from God. The answer, a savior. God didn't look back and say, well, you guys got a problem. I hope you can work it out. God said, you know what? You have a problem you can't solve. I'm coming into your world. I'll suffer alongside you. And I will pay the price for your sin to make everlasting life possible. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should never perish but have everlasting life. One man's answer was complete detachment and extinguishing of all desires. Another one taught, our solution is a savior God incarnate himself to pay the price for our sin the means Buddha said it was through self-effort by following the Eightfold Path here are the principles of the Eightfold Path and underneath them are hundreds of rules by which a person is to attain enlightenment and to live by strict adherence to the Eightfold Path and hopefully You'll break the endless cycle of rebirth and enter into a state of nirvana, the extinguishing of all things. Christ said the means is what? By grace through faith. Buddha said what? Behold now, I exhort you, decays is errant in all component things, work out your salvation with diligence. Work hard at it and hopefully you can attain nirvana, extinguishing, the blowing out of all things. Christ said what? There's nothing you can do to attain salvation. It's an impossible standard. I've done it all on the cross. I've done it all. All you need to do is to receive the gift of grace that I've provided through my death and resurrection from the dead. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by good works that anyone may boast One said, work hard at it, and hopefully you'll break the cycle of rebirth and attain nirvana. The other one said, there's nothing you can do to earn it. Instead, I've done it all. All you need to do is reach out and receive the gift of grace given to you on the cross by Jesus Christ. Eternity. What happens beyond the grave? Buddha said, as long as you remain attached to things of this world, your identity, others, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, you're going to keep coming back into this world and once again experience pain and suffering again and again and again until you completely learn to detach from the world and end all desires and you enter into a state of nirvana. Now nirvana is not heaven as we know it, it's a state of nothingness. It's entering the void, the extinguishing of all. All right, That's what nirvana means. It means to extinguish like the blowing out of a flame or a candle. Now, what exactly nirvana is, no Buddhist scholar has been able to clearly say, all right? Even Buddha himself said it was not describable. Dr. Suzuki, the Zen master, the apostle of Zen Buddhism to Americas, quoting the Buddha, I believe the Buddha said this there is disciples a condition where there is neither earth nor water neither air nor light neither limitless space nor limitless time neither any kind of being neither ideation or non ideation neither this world nor that world there is neither arising nor passing away nor dying neither cause nor effect neither change nor standstill whatever that is describing it's a state of nothingness All right. what did Jesus say Jesus said there's not an endless cycle of rebirth. Your decision about Christ here will determine your eternal destiny either eternally with God or eternally separated from God in a place called hell. And the offer for eternal life comes by receiving the gift of grace given through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, whoever believes in the Son of God is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he does not believe in the name of God's one and only Son. And finally, on the problem of pain and suffering, Buddha at best offers an escape by denying reality, by denying all your basic desires, your hopes, your dreams, your love, of anything in this world and relationships. By denying all of that, hopefully, you can escape the cycle of rebirth and enter into nirvana or the extinguishing of all. Jesus offers hope and victory over sin and death through his death for sin and resurrection from the dead. Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Well, can both be true at the same time? Well, we have what's called the first principle of logic, all right? The basis of all logic. It's called Aristotle's Law of Non-Contradiction. We apply it every single day. It's the basis of all thought and logic. Basically says this, opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. This is a universal law. Everyone around the world at all times applies. Everyone in the culture acknowledges and applies this law. And you can't have a coherent conversation without applying this law. All right? If you came up to me and said, Pat, are you speaking at the 10 a.m. service today? And I said, Yes, I am, but I am not. (laughs) Makes no sense at all. Well, will you be at the Santa Clara Japanese Church? Yes, I'll be there, but I won't be there. It makes absolutely, you can't have a coherent conversation without applying the law of non contradictions. Opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. Now, Muslim philosopher Avicenna made his point quite clearly. He said this Anyone who denies the law of non contradiction should be beaten and burned until he admits that to be beaten is not the same as not to be beaten, and to be burned is not the same as not to be burned. Right? Now, a bit extreme, but he makes the point. Now, since the teachings of Buddha and Jesus are mutually exclusive and contradictory, both cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. If God exists, the proposition God does not exist cannot be true, all right? If salvation is by good works, then the teaching salvation is not by works but by grace they both cannot be true at the same time you're teaching contradictory truths here so since they're both mutually exclusive both cannot be true at the same time well then the Buddhist priest after we went through that he says I see they're teaching different things well how do you know which one is true and I said well that's the question isn't it how do we know which one is true can we know and I said the way you know is looking at the evidence what does the evidence reveal anything that is true should have evidence to back up its case and I said let's start with worldviews does God exist well there is compelling evidence that indeed a personal creator of the universe exists Here's some of the most powerful evidences out there. First, the universe has a beginning, the law of causality. It's called the Big Bang. The universe is not eternal, as Buddhism and Hinduism and other systems teach. The universe has a beginning.
0: Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. Be sure to join us next time for the conclusion of Pat's study on Buddhism. If you found this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management. Providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ. Right here on Evidence, and the Answers. <laughs>